change is if I want to see change, I need to be a part of it. We all need to come together. It's not just me being a person of color and making the changes that I want to see. It's getting everybody at this metaphorical table and really assessing um, whatever the solution, the solution that we want. And that's inclusion for all, representation for all. Welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions industry today. We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success. And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and employee engagement. Now sit upright, hold on tight, and get ready for the Attraction Pros Podcast. Do you want to become a Google Things to Do beta tester? In March, news leaked out that Google would be launching a new program for activities and experiences operators called Google Things to Do. Redeem is a Google Things to Do launch partner with a unique opportunity to bring a few qualified early adopter operators into the beta test. Interested in learning more about joining the Things to Do beta test? Email sales at redeem.com today. That's R-E-D-E-A-M. Hey, Josh, how are you? Hey, I am fan. No, I'm doing great. Come on, you can, you? Do you can do it. <laughs> You could do it. Say, I have a question for you. All right. What was your big break? You know, I think that's a, that's a very good question. Um, attraction pros. <laughs> Actually, that, you know, that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. You know, I think that, I think that doing this podcast has uh, been able to expand visibility for both of us throughout the industry. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, I think, you know, I mean, a big break could mean something different to, uh, you know, to everyone else, but that's, I, I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. Well, it's funny. Cause honestly, it's one of the first things that come to mind for me. I was just well. going to ask what was, <laughs> <what's> because, <laughs> because to me, big breaks are about opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. And I think this has given us an opportunity, not only to, um, have just about every one of our our um, conversations recorded and put out for public consumption, but to talk to some really interesting people. And like you said, you know, it, it's expanded, you know, kind of our reach and influence in the industry. Um, but I think what it's done mostly is given us the opportunity to think about other things that we can do. Right. Absolutely. And we've said from the beginning, this is not just a podcast. We don't want this attraction pros thing to be just a podcast. And I think we're making good on that promise um, as we're going forward. So um, I absolutely think this is, this has been a break, big break for us, but do you know why I'm asking? I think I do, but please tell me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest today, Monet Rooney is the executive director of the Big Break Foundation. And one of their goals is to make sure that everybody can experience a big break. Mm-hmm. And this is such an important uh, foundation, such such an important organization that has such a strong mission to eliminate systemic barriers within the location-based experience industry. 
And I think what's what's really important about that, you you just basically said their their mission statement, I think. I paraphrased. Um, I think paraphrased yeah. <laughs> but the systemic barriers, I, I think there's a lot of barriers out there that are part of what we do every day, but we're not even re- recognizing it. And Monet mm-hmm. even talks about the fact that, you know, she's not perfect. She's the executive director of an organization that's trying to increase, um, you know, equity for people and diversity and inclusion. Um, but she recognizes that she's a human being, so she's not perfect. So we have to recognize that everybody running an organization, they're human too, and we're all going to have our unconscious bias, but it's really taking a step back and saying, okay, I've got that unconscious bias, but what do I do about it, right? I think yeah. that's one of the big big lessons. And and that's what Monet is going to talk about today and talk about the Big Break Foundation's uh, leadership workshop that really breaks it down very methodically from a strategy standpoint. And one of the phrases that she uses a lot, which I, I, I love this phrase in general. So it was so cool to hear that there are so there's so much low hanging fruit that can be quick wins that you can identify and solve those as you are striving for even larger goals of making your workplace more inclusive for your employees and making the experience that you provide even more inclusive for your guests as well. Well, I think what's so great about that, those little wins is that so often we think about this diversity and inclusion topic as a huge undertaking, right? And it's this huge ship that you've got to turn and it's going to be so overwhelming and so expensive and takes so long. But, you know, I think to her point and what you just said, if you take those little things that you can do every single day, ultimately that's going to add up to a better culture and and more diversity and inclusion in your organization, which ultimately leads to the people in the audience being able to see themselves in those stories, which ultimately helps everybody. Yeah, everything that Monet talks about today and everything that the Big Break Foundation is doing, frankly, is just making our industry better. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing to see our industry evolve and go in this direction that she talks about. So I would say let's uh, turn it over to Monet to learn more about the Big Break Foundation. Monet Rooney, thank you so much for joining us today on the Attraction Pros podcast. How you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do with Big Break Foundation? Of course. So I'm Monet Rooney and I describe myself as a professional do-gooder. My family has always instilled giving back to others. And so naturally it turned into a career for me. So I had the stint of the beginning of my career at Give Kids the World, uh, a local nonprofit uh, here in Orlando, Florida, and it operates like a resort. And so uh, from there, I just worked from guest services and entertainment with uh, attractions and industry professionals. Um, so it really blossomed into some of the opportunities that I've been able to have. Uh, but in regards to Big Break Foundation, um, basically, we, after last year, uh, many people saw the need to diversify and really look at their processes and procedures um, and just how they're doing business as a whole and making sure that at the end of the day, audiences are represented. And there there was a hole for this industry and and an essential need for Big Break to to be founded. Uh, So we were founded 
conversation started happening in August of last year with Chuck Fawcett, president of Animax, and creative uh, director Patrick Kling. He's worked with iTech um, and Nickelodeon and SeaWorld. And from there blossomed our well-represented advisory board, our executive council. And then shortly through those conversations, a couple months in, um, they reached out to me in September asking me to lead the charge as executive director between my experience at Gift Kids World and my nonprofit background, but then just my infinity for this industry and loving everything about it from personally and professionally. It was an opportunity of a lifetime and essentially my big break um, to be able to lead this uh, foundation. Monet, can you share a little bit more about the conversations that you said started last August? What did those conversations look like and what were the, the sparks for those conversations? So after the um, murder of George Floyd, I think everybody really took a seat and because of the pandemic had the opportunity to be able to really look and reflect on their part um, within their own journey, their community, their, their professional community to do better, right? And so in the beginning, it was, well, how do we do better? And, and why are we doing this? Why don't we do this bigger? Well, I learned at a very young age that you need to look at your corner of the world and, and fix that before you move on to another corner. And so that corner collectively, we all know, is the location-based entertainment and themed experience industry. And so that's where we wanted to tackle first and foremost. Who knows if we'll expand? Um, people have asked us questions in regards to visitor centers and hotels and hospitality and cruises, because these are all experiences as well. But solely right now, uh, the conversations exist within amusement parks, museums, family entertainment centers, science centers, um, live events. Um, but just in the conversation was, was more around, you know, what did we want to see? What do we want to do? And we really wanted to focus on the audience. Because um, at the end of the day, that's what we're all here for, right? You know, either to enjoy these experiences or to create them for those to enjoy. And so just looking at things and how we represent or we're not representing was, was a big talking point and what we can do uh, to get started. Um, and so one of the big things that we identified was education. Everybody's on a different journey. Um, even myself, as uh, somebody who is part of the marginalized community, I have blind spots, I have biases. We all do, we all live with these every single day. And it's part of my responsibility, my personal journey to make sure that I understand them, I know them, and that I'm constantly combating and questioning um, my decisions and, and bouncing those off of other people and, and having conversations about them. And it really starts there. Um, and just talking with, in the preliminary stage of the Big Break Foundation, so many people didn't know where to, where to start, how to do the work. They said, yes, there's a need, but what do I do next? Um, and that really depends on, on your company and how um, progressive or open-minded or the policies and procedures in place, uh, how big and how small. And then once again, your knowledge in um, pushing the boundaries forward and, and making the change essentially. 
So those are all the conversations and kind of like, what's the low hanging fruit in this industry? How can we make the, the most change? And I've been so fortunate just in my short time uh, to be able to have those conversations with Cynthia Sharp and Free Forging Dam um, and then Chris Jackson. And we're getting other people in the mix as well and just saying, what do you need? And people needed a starting point. And so that's where it was confirmed that big break needed to exist and to educate those first and foremost on what marginalized communities need and, and the barriers that exist. And they're in all different places, some that we wouldn't even think of. Um, one big example of that is, is hiring. It, this industry is so connected and it's connected in a great way. Don't get me wrong. I love being able to talk to somebody who then refers me to five other people to help push initiatives forward. But one problem with that is from an employment standpoint is that you're only looking at certain people. Oh, I have a friend who'd be perfect for the job. Well, what about the other hundreds who are highly qualified who now don't have an opportunity for this position? And so just little things like that and little tweaks, it doesn't even cost any money. It's just a different way of thinking. And so we're trying to get everybody uh, to lean into that first and foremost. And identifying what's the low-hanging fruit in your organization and your day-to-day -to, -day to be able to start making changes. And just with basic psychology, reaffirming that action and feeling good and getting other people involved will then give you the stepping stone to do the next thing, the bigger thing. Mm -hmm. um, really dismantling what's currently existing to build a better or restructure an even better future experience. Monet, can you talk a little bit about um, kind of keeping with that origin story concept, um, just the name Big Break, where did that come from? So there's just, there's so much that we want to do with Big Break Foundation. And to be able to do that, you have to break down barriers first and foremost. But essentially, you know, everybody has their big break moment. Um, and for some, it's really challenging to get. And so when we were thinking about you know, what this organization and what it was going to be, everybody can really think back and remember that big break moment until your next big break moment. Because I don't believe that there's just one, right? You know, all of us wear many different hats. And, and so, like I said, for me, this is my big break moment. But before this, it was really give kids the world. I'll be honest, I'm part of the marginalized community. I'm biracial. I did not finish school. Um, I went to college and realized it wasn't for me. I really like learning on the job and asking a lot of questions and really understanding why. So on paper, most people wouldn't even look at me. Um, but through my experience and knowledge and just my expertise and being able to expand on that put me in a position to be looked at. And that's how I got my big break moments with Give Kids the World. Um, and from that, that connection, right, it intertwines um, through my connections at Give Kids the World, then was introduced to this opportunity to get my big break and really lead an organization. Um, so our overall goal is to make sure everybody gets that big break moment um, to, to be able to see this industry first and foremost, because so many don't even know that it exists or that it's a career path that can help support your family and yourself 
in whatever you want to do in life, every major discipline that you would go to school for is in this industry. Um, and so many people just don't know it. Or there's that stigma of, oh, it's the fun job, right? You know, this is what you do before you get your real job. No, this is a career. So we want people to get their big break and location-based experience. Can we go even a little bit deeper into that phrase, big break or big break moment? And it, I would love to know how you define that and, and what really qualifies as the big break moment for someone or a big, big, big break moment for someone, as you said, that you could have multiple. So I, I can just go off my story. There's a big break moment is different for each individual person, just like the story is different. For me, um, just some of my experiences, I was told to be a certain way or do a certain thing and always having to fit a mold. For me, being my big break moment is looking at me as a human being and my experience and giving me the opportunity to be to succeed, shine, um, to use all my knowledge, my personal and professional knowledge and experience and put it to work. Um, and even put it to the test. I'm not saying that I know everything. Um, I get challenged every single day and that's what makes this role so exciting. But that's why this moment and my big break moment is so important to me because for the first time I can truly authentically say that I can be me, Monet, 100% and not have any fear of any kind of repercussions or um, and then fully having a voice and a seat at the table. and that is so empowering for me and it drives me every single day so others can get their big break moment as well. That's really cool. It almost sounds like that big break moment is as much about your mindset as it is about a specific moment, right? Because mm -hmm. you talked about all those experiences that led up to an opportunity and now you're trying to make the most of that opportunity. But again, that comes from your mindset and, and saying, I'm going to do the best I can because this opportunity was, was put in front of me and now I have to, have to, have to make good on it, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of what it, it sounds like to me. Um, but I'm also curious because one of the things that you've talked a lot about and we talked about when we had a, an, an initial phone conversation was your, your two-month journey across the, uh, across the country. I'm imagining that there were some either big break moments or at least some moments of truth during that uh, process that has helped prepare you and led you to where you are now too. No, absolutely, Matt. So um, I was 12 years old and my family decided I lived in Cal San Jose, California, and they kind of sprung the news, hey, we're moving to Orlando. And in that moment, I was devastated. And I remember my mom saying, she's like, but we're going on a two-month road trip. And road trips for my family were unusual. Um, every year we did the annual road trip to Disney. Um, my parents were huge Vegas fanatics, so always going to Vegas as well. Um, and then just random trips to Canada and up and down the West Coast and nat uh, national parks. But whoa, two months. Uh, literally, we went as north of Canada, as south of Mexico. Uh, I went to over 30 states every six flags um, in the nation, and then pretty much every predominant zoo, aquarium, family entertainment center, national park, experience that you can think of that you would want to go on, I had the opportunity to do. And amusements weren't um, 
unknown to me at this point. We always had like weekend trips to Great America or to Marine World, and then that turned into Six Flags. Um, it, but just this one, it, it was unbeatable. And I'll be honest, I was a 12-year-old kid and a bit of a brat. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, one more zoo, aquarium, a theme park. Like, come on. Like, can I just play in the pool at the hotel now? It's like, no, like, you're going to look back on these moments and and really remember them. And that was my starting point and I didn't even know it then right at that point I just thought it was just a collection of experiences my my crazy family you know who does this right um but it really shaped the person that I am today when we got to Orlando once again you know same thing just immersing myself in the different experiences and that's how I got introduced to Gift Kids the World um just because they're so connected with the theme parks and from there, just really, you know, constantly, even as an adult, trying to find the next experience that I can be a part of, um, going to the Dolly Museum and the Ringling Brothers Museum here locally, and then just everything that's happening on a, on a monthly, weekly basis here in Orlando. That is so cool. Uh, and, and a very roundabout way to get from San Jose to Orlando. <laughs> quite, yeah. quite a detour, <laughs> the, the yeah. amount of states you went to and hitting Canada and Mexico all in the same trip. Mm-hmm. I once went on like an eight day road trip with my friends and thought that it was so epic, but that just, I mean, completely blows it out of the water. Two months to do that is so cool. Uh, question that I have is, the, the mission that you are on right now and breaking the systemic barriers, going back to you at 12 years old and purely as a, as a consumer of the product and whether it was on this road trip or any other types of experiences that you had, uh, were you, I guess, taking notes along the way of these issues? How, how much of an awareness was there at that point so early in your life that you are now uh, focusing on very heavily today? So it's been the issues within my community and my story have been relevant from day one. I'm biracial. Um, so being a product of an interracial relationship and even in a progressive state like California, I was the only person, my brother and I were the only um, children of color in our school. Um, uh, my hair is always a talking point. Uh, and then just people asking me, you know, where are you from? And that's okay to ask, but there's a, for, for being a person of color, there's a certain tone where you're, it, it's a probing question and it's no longer has this, like, I want to learn more about you. It's almost like, I want to understand who you are so that I could potentially judge you off of it. Like, where are you from? To, to understand the ins and outs. So I had that a lot growing up and I'm very thankful that my parents, you know, always led with love. And one of the reasons why I think my family really made sure that community was a big part of our life because naturally these are some of the best people in the world coming together for a greater good, right? Um, and so I will say I didn't see many people like me in the lines um, in storytelling. I will never forget the moment when they announced Census and the Frog. And at this point I was an adult. And even just 
even just that moment of representation, I think back quite frequently, like what that could have had on the influence that could have had on my life had I been a child when that happened. Um, so just knowing that as an adult, I, you know, I always wonder, and I can't go back, but what I can do is make sure that I share my story of not really seeing myself until I was an adult. And that, that's crazy. That's maddening in, in, in my opinion. And something so easy that we can do to, to change that and for a big break to be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, Monet, forgive me if, it, if this gets too personal, but not seeing those um, images of, of people like yourself when you were younger, did that have an impact on how you behaved as an adult or how you, how you developed as a person? I mean, looking back, do you think that had an impact? I think it did in certain situations, um, especially like once I got into the professional world, um, there's always this, I always had this sense of coding of trying to fit into my surroundings. So never truly being a hundred percent me. Um, and I think that had a huge impact on that. And then even getting into a professional career, um, not seeing any leaders that um, I was very fortunate that I had a lot of female leadership, which was incredible and really did shape me. But I think back is think back to that, that yes, I was very fortunate to have that, but I didn't have anybody, uh, a person of color to, to even talk to. I got talked to about my hair, like, oh, can you do something about it? And I'm like, well, no, this is my hair. So please tell me what you would like me to do. Or just even the way that I, way that I speak, um, you know, I'm a little more casual with my family and friends and in this conversation I am as well, but always being very mindful of the words that I'm choosing and the steps that I'm taking, or if I didn't agree with something or if something made me um, emotional or angry, I had to suppress that to a certain extent or even remove myself from the situation and give myself time to evaluate and really articulate logically so that I didn't get casted as, you know, this crazy black woman um, who's upset. Um, and that, that, that takes away time and productivity. Like, and then also I'm thinking on this instead of doing the things that I need to do, whatever that is, the task or meeting with people or even assessing when I meet with new people, doing a deep dive, trying to make sure like I don't, like I fit in and instead of the other way around meeting together and you know forming that relationship so I think a lot of not being able to see myself early on played a part in me in the way that I acted coming into the professional world as an adult. I appreciate you sharing that because I'm not sure and even me as a as a white male I don't know that I would understand that as well unless you told your story so I appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely. No, and I think it's so important. I know there's there's two sides to the coin and everybody has different comfortable, they're comfortable with different parts of their story um, or what they're willing to do. But for me, the way that I look at it is if I want to see change, I need to be a part of it. We all need to come together. It's not just me being a person of color and making the changes that I want to see. It's getting everybody at this metaphorical table and really assessing um, 
whatever the solution the solution that we want and that's inclusion for all representation for all uh whether that's a person of color low uh socioeconomic that a lot of people don't think that's a part of marginalized communities but it does because you may not be able to afford to go to college doesn't mean that you should not be afforded the same opportunities um as as others you know there's so many careers now that you could do an apprenticeship you can do internships and learn or even master classes or online classes where people are just naturally talented i mean especially in this uh industry you know i know graphic designers who don't have formal training and are absolutely incredible um so really looking outside of the box do you need that degree simple things like that um uh, the LGBTQ plus community and making sure that, you know, their policies are matching the same as heterosexual couples. Parents, parenting looks completely different now than what it did five years ago, 10 years ago, and 20 years ago. And making sure policies and procedures protect those individuals and their children. So there's just so many different ways that we could come at it, but it's important that we're all at the table together, right? It's not just the two of you fixing a problem and it's not just me advocating and telling my story. It's the combination of everything. Absolutely. Thank, thank you for sharing that. I, I'm wondering if we can talk a little bit about your mission statement for the Big Break Foundation. And that is, we will shatter systemic barriers within the location-based experience industry to become the most equitable and just environment on the planet. I love how clear and succinct that is. Like there is, there's no room for ambiguity in there whatsoever. It's, it's so direct. I'm wondering if we can uh, unpack that a little bit and talk about kind of how, you know, how, how do you expand that mission statement? And, you know, what are, what are some of the inputs that go into driving that for you? Well, so just I, first off, thank you for saying that because our mission statement and vision have had so many different drafts, as, as you can imagine. Um, and one of the, the inputs that I had was, it needs to be short and sweet. Like people need to know immediately. So let's break that down. So first off our mission, shattering systemic barriers within the location-based experience industry. Important, like I said before, you know, focusing on one corner of the world and that's this industry. Uh, but barriers can exist everywhere. Um, and so one of the approaches that we want first is to take your personal journey, wherever that is, we have a toolkit and we have resources on our website so people can start doing work on the individual level. But one of the things that was really important when we were thinking about Big Break Foundation, how we were gonna be different from any other foundation or organization, um, and that's really looking at our resources, our internal resources. And so I go back to our founders, you know, they're both cis white males and people question, you know, why are they at the top of your, your website? You know, doesn't that kind of interact or um, negate your whole mission? No, because Patrick and Chuck are the ones that have the connections. They have the resources and, and the bandwidth within this industry to be able to open doors and create opportunities and, and change um, from a macro level and work its, all, work its way down to the hourly level. And that's important because at the end of the day, all decisions are made at the top. We can make suggestions. There's 
there's groups, committees, one-on-ones, depending on how a company is formed. Uh, but in the end, when it comes down to the strategic planning and your executive leadership or your C-suite leadership, they're the ones making the decision. So we early on, we said, that's what we needed to do. That's where we needed to start, which isn't your typical business or nonprofit model. Um, typically, we work from a micro approach. And doing that will help not only change the people who are really shaping the industry, but also helping to remove those policies and procedures that are keeping people out. Um, so that's first and foremost. Um, and that breaking down those barriers. Our second phase per se would be to assist and amplify. There are individuals, whether people want to believe it or not, or they don't see it, that's okay, uh, but we will shed light. Um, there are individuals who have not benefited from this industry and been held back because of the specific barriers that may be in place within an organization. So we want to find those people and help them and give them resources and tools to get to the place that they want to be for their big break moment. Um, and then lastly, to ensure that this industry remains diverse and becomes even more diverse and, and really show the world that this industry is a career path, we need to do serious outreach. And that's not just with your uh, themed entertainment schools, uh, going to uh, historically black colleges and Latinx schools uh, to make sure that people know that this industry exists. Uh, specific marginalized community associations like the National Black Engineers of America, letting them know the opportunities, and then really starting with uh, elementary school and middle school students and showing what this industry can do. It's not just, just fun. Hey, on the weekend, you love writing stories and bringing them to life for your family in the backyard. That's a career. You love playing Legos and connects and building roller coasters all throughout your house. Guess what? That is a career too. And really showing the possibilities of what this industry has to hold. And in turn, by doing that, we'll have better representation, better stories, and an overall better experience. Yeah. And like you said, all those, all those, um, all those people will be represented in the audience you know, because they're represented in the people that are creating those experiences, which I think is, is fantastic. Um, and you mentioned, you know, kind of starting at the C-suite, starting at the top of the organizations. And I'm wondering if that's where the leadership workshop came from, because that's something that we, that we saw on your website, the, uh, the Big Break Foundation Leadership Workshop. Is that intended for those folks to, to kind of raise their awareness and figure out what their first steps are? Absolutely. So one of the things is like, Empathetic leadership is starting to become used more and more um, and emotional intelligence and really understanding that. Um, and I can see it in some parts of this industry, but it's not fluid. Um, so just to assume that as a leader, you want to do the right thing, um, that's a false assumption. Yeah, we hope that you want to do the right thing. And there are a lot of leaders who do and who have come to us and said, we need your help. Um, but then there's also the other side where, you know, they've led successful businesses and don't really see a need to change because nobody's said anything yet. Um, so that's where we kind of need to meet in the middle. Um, and so that's where the leadership workshop got created. Yes, we want to start with the macro approach, um, the C-suite and executive leadership. But leadership, as you are well aware, can mean many different things. And for us, a leader is anybody who is going to have 
strategic planning abilities, um, has responsibilities over money and or people. And, and that's really important because it all plays a role in the final decision making and the culture of a company. So our leadership workshop is designed for us to come in there, um, analyze the current culture um, from demographics uh, to hiring practices, retention, uh, their strategic planning processes, and really get a deep dive into how they currently operate. From there, we will make decisions on best next steps and also how to customize the leadership workshop. And that's in two phases. So the first phase, um, really talks about the fun fundamentals of IDEA. And IDEA is inclusion, diversity, equity, and accessibility. Um, and so really going in into the business case studies on why IDEA is a good idea um, for your bottom line and for representation. Um, and then really showing outside of this industry companies that have adopted these models and how successful they've been. So first showing that. Then going into the psychology in regards to biases, uh, stereotypes, um, that then can lead to potential discrimination um, and how to avoid that and lessons learned and knowledge gained in there. And from there, we'll go to phase two. And that's really important. There's so many different diversity and inclusion training platforms um, and training workshops, but this is designed specifically for the location-based experience industry. So depending on your, your field or discipline, we would take phase two and apply all those fundamentals of idea to your actual job. So if that's design, if that's storytelling, if that's theme park operations, um, engineering, and the list goes on, um, and who your target audience is, whether that's amusement parks, water parks, um, a collection of all location-based experiences and giving industry-specific examples of what you can do um, is important. That's how you're going to retain the information and practice it. And then the last step is our strategic planning. So with all the leadership, which is really important that it's not just C-suite executives and, and the executive leadership team, but all those leaders who are identified who go through the training after they do that, what is it that you want to see? What culture do you want to change? Identifying that, once again, the low-hanging fruit, um, just to keep the momentum going, what are easy things we can do now? Employee resource groups, satisfaction surveys, um, looking at um, how you um, retention within your organization, getting a different, different opinions and looking at your processes and procedures, and from there, building out a strategic plan to help open up that company and organization to be more equitable in their practices. Um, so that's gonna be launching in the summer. We're actually vetting it now. So very excited. I've seen it and I'm just like, I've gone through a lot of workshops and strategic planning sessions in my life. And I just, it's not just because I'm in it. Um, Nicole, our education manager, has done an incredible job. It's so easy and comprehensive. And then just the way that it relates back to this industry, it's a no-brainer. Why wouldn't you want to do the things we identify at the end to make the change? Um, so I'm really excited to launch it. After that, we'll do a general track so you can get your whole organization. But we need to start breaking down those barriers first before we get everybody else involved, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then eventually we'll have complimentary workshops uh, to lean off of these or specific segments. We know that we're going to probably do something in regards to human resources, um, onboarding, and retention because so many people have asked. Um, in regards to it. So there's more to come. And if anyone has any ideas or suggestions or needs, please let us know because we we really want to serve this industry. I think this is so cool and, and so important too uh, in the, the direction that the industry is going. And, and it's exciting to see the industry evolve in this sort of way. Uh, Monet, how much of this, I mean, you just described uh, just so many, so many different components of what goes into it. Uh, you mentioned the low-hanging fruit. How much of this is low-hanging fruit versus large organizational transformation? Or how much of that low-hanging low fruit leads to that, uh, leads to those transformations? Well, the, all the low-hanging fruit leads to the transformation, but it really is going to depend on each organization. A smaller organization, it's going to be a little bit easier. Um, maybe a newer organization as well, it's going to be easier to make the change because you're not as ingrained in the current processes. Um, something a little bit bigger that has more uh, checks and balances or layers within their organization may take more time. And that's why it's so important that we, we identify within their organization those low hanging fruit so that you continue. We don't want this to be a big endeavor and that you don't even want to start on, right? Um, and I think so many people feel that way when it comes to the, the question of equity and what that looks like. It's just like, whoa, it's so much. Uh, where do I even begin? And that's why it, it's good having us come in as the third party and understanding your needs and really assessing, well, this may be a need, yes, but we also, we see this, this, and this that you can do pretty quickly and with little or no money and have this kind of result. Um, so it, it's imperative, um, not just from a morale, but also from just the basic human psychology to continue on your journey. I really do advise everyone not to wait for a business or a company um, and their diversity and inclusion initiatives. Um, everybody can do their part. And I want to refer you back to our website, uh, bigbreakfoundation.org. Um, there are two ways that you can get information. First off, we have a toolkit that we really cater towards this industry. We pulled a lot of business case studies um, from outside industries that can align where people can understand um, the importance of making the change and how to do that on an individual. Um, and then there are some uh, tools that are already starting to come about. Cynthia Sharp has a wonderful um, state presentation in regards to biases. Um, and so that's on there. And then other initiatives, uh, Creative Quest Foundation, who we are partnering with, uh, who works with uh, marginalized communities within this industry as well. And um, we, we work with RJ Temple and having panels and making sure that, you know, we're, we're moving forward in the right direction and we're meeting their needs as, as well. And Harriet, these daughters uh, with Cynthia and Nicola, 
Yeah, uh, Monet, what, what fascinates me is when you talk about this, this workshop and all the things that you're doing, of course, it does get to the systemic reason of why it's, it's the root cause, right? We've got to get to the root cause. But I'm curious, and I know every business is different, but let's talk about time frame, right? Because mm-hmm. these things have been going on for a long time, right? The, the way we have been treating people unfairly and inequitably, if that's a word. Um, so in your mind, if you were going to go into maybe a mid-size organization, what's your, what's your thought about how long would it take for them to, you know, maybe change their culture or look at things differently so that, you know, we're at, we're at point A right now in 2021. Is it 2022, 2023? Is it four months? Like, what, what are we looking at for a time frame? do you think? I mean, it really, it, I hate to go back to it, but it really just does depend on the company. I mean, you need to put the time and energy into it. It's not just an, an overnight fix. Uh, just like you said, you, you got to get to the root of the issue. Um, and with that, that takes time. You have to unlearn. And, and it's a practice. Every single day, you're going to have to work towards it. Not every story or every person is going to represent a full of uh, 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 that culture or demographic. So you may get needs that are identified throughout your journey that you need to add to your plan, that you need to modify your plan. Um, so I will say at minimum, you should put a commitment of a year for, for start to start, you know? That is to get you in a good place to set up your strategic plan, to rewrite any bylaws, redo boards, um, restructure yourself so that you can even operate on an equitable level. Um, So it it is going to take time, but I don't want people to think, oh, it's going to take time, it's going to take money and not want to do the work, right? Because we tend to do that. They're like, well, I want the the smallest amount and the shortest time frame. How do we get that? It's not realistic. This is going to be an ongoing thing, just like you would do um, for your business strategies. You're not going to continue to do the same strategy over and over again, or the same marketing initiatives over and over again. You're going to be modifying, tweaking them, expanding on them, um, looking, uh, evaluating who's not included, who's not there. How do we get bigger markets, more gain, right? It's the same thing with diversity and inclusion. Who's othered in this situation? How can we expand this experience? What policies and procedures or what language are we using that may be keeping people out or not wanting people to come to the table? Um, so it, it's continuous, but you got to do the work. Yeah. You got it. What are some of the measures of success then? And, and how do you know when you're there? That's a great point. I mean, for me, it's looking around and and seeing. I think that's one easy way uh, of telling, you know, wait a minute, everybody looks like me at the table. Um, and until that starts looking different, when ideas, different ideas are being brought to the table and, and really shifting, I don't think you'll start to see that. Um, so, but in regards to like, gauging you know doing the work how are you doing it slowly but surely you will see it um just from the innovation of ideas that will come from just looking at things differently or bringing in new people to the conversation instantly it's going to change um 
one of the biggest things and one of the best resources are employee resource groups. Not only does it have, um, it's a low hanging fruit, it's really easy to put together. Um, and it gives your employees, the people who are spending more time at your business and driving the success than they are with their families, a say in a way that may not have existed before. Um, and then structuring those employee resource groups where they have direct connect to leadership, um, which a lot of a lot of companies don't have. Um, I've talked to several people and they can't even name everybody on their leadership committee or their executive committee, and they're the ones making the decisions. Um, or on that, none of them really look like them or the representation's not there. So how do you know that you have a voice in the, the room when those decisions are made? So once you start seeing those um, come to light with a business in a, within a business and organization, that's a measurable goal. Obviously, data is huge as well. Um, and so when we do the strategic planning, we will identify key performance indicators, as well as we will do our own um, internal assessment of the progress that you're having in issuing progress reports and creating additional resources and materials to help you along the way if you're starting to struggle or new problems start to present itself so that you can combat them and continue on your journey of success and overall equitability. Yeah. Uh, Monet, thank you for sharing that. Um, and thank you for sharing everything that you've shared today. It's been really fascinating. And I know you mentioned the website once already, but I want to give you a chance to mention that again and any other contact information you want to share so people can get more information or follow up with you and get involved. Absolutely. Thank you. So um, I just encourage everybody, the first step right now is education. Um, we'll have other opportunities for volunteering and advocating for Big Break Foundation, but we really want everybody to do the work. So download the toolkit, um, go to our resource page. We're going to be expanding that as well so that you can look at the different resources and your favorite media type, whether that's articles, videos, books, um, documentaries so that you can really start understanding and learning um, where your biases, blind spots are and how to be, be uh, a better advocate um, in the room and accomplice in the room. Um, bigbreakfoundation.org is where you can go for your toolkit and resources and that will constantly be growing. If you have any suggestions or are looking for anything specific or just wanna have a conversation, uh, you can reach out to me directly, monet.rooney at bigbreakfoundation.org. And that's also on the website as well. So feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to, to have a chat and really open up this industry for all. Excellent. We'll include all of that contact information in the show notes as well to make it easy to, to get a hold of you and for people to learn more. So thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate learning all about this. And uh, thank you so much for everything that you are doing for the industry. Uh, as we wrap this up here, any uh, final words or uh, lasting message for our audience? Yes, absolutely. So I just want to give everybody like this woo-saw moment, right? We, we just had a heavy conversation and some people may feel like, oh man, I don't even know what to do. Take a breath. It's going to be okay. We're on this journey together. We really are. We need everyone. Um, and we're going to make mistakes. I make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes as well. But it's learning from those mistakes and applying those learnings and moving forward. We need to get started now.
Excellent way to kind of wrap that all up. Thank you so much for that, Monet. And uh, again, thank you so much for your time and for everybody out there watching and listening. Just remember, we are all Attraction Pros. Thanks for listening to the Attraction Pros podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release. And even better, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information, visit attractionpros.com.